0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors Top Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment.
1: Dr. Beckett, how are you? Fine.
0: Uh, I know your time is valuable. and I'm I'll- good. The way you Speak, do you- Dr. Beckett, I would spend a whole day with you. Shut the door. Uh, okay. I love the way you do the short Instagram videos there that just uh, draw them in. I've watched the last few, and uh, when two of them both had Beckett themes to them, and you were asking for responses, <laughs> I thought, why don't I respond? But I was wondering okay. what responses you got on the 30 Jordan PSA 10 rookies. You were inviting response, not probably from me, but I'm here to respond to that too in the sense of not the boss anymore, but I know what I would do if I were the boss and I can tell you what I think you would do, but I'd love to hear what your many fans thought. I found it fascinating. There hasn't been a Beckett 10 to hit the
1: auction block recently. I know one person who sold it to somebody and at the time he believes the person had four of them and you haven't graded one since 2013. So it's been 10 years. So, I've been slowly buying PSA 10s and I've been picking out nicer ones with the hopes that one day, if I get enough of them, then they'll give me consideration and then we'll have a high profile card for the hobby.
0: If I were in charge, we wouldn't be giving you extra consideration, but we'd be giving you serious consideration and fair consideration. But if you've yeah. been out better ones, one of the themes I've had in the difficulty in having BGS 9.5s being a gem mint card. And explaining that to people that think we'll widen it at ten, but a black label ten is an unimprovable card. A BGS nine point five, even a BGS ten, or and certainly a PSA ten is not an unimprovable card. And so to get a black label Jordan rookie, it really has to be improvable. So any, I don't think that that exists. Maybe maybe not. I'm saying if it's noticeable enough that this isn't, I just
1: want a BGS ten. I don't want a black label. I I missed open the yeah.
0: Okay, I believe it could happen, but your fans ought to know that this is, in a sense, revenue neutral—not to you, but to BGS. If you no, I
1: disagree fees, with that. Actually, if you look at it on scenario. a minute transaction, then yes, possibly. But if I pay fees on all thirty, that's a different conversation.
0: But no, the but, conversation um, would be that if I were your agent, I'll tell you what I would do if I were your agent. But right now, I'm just saying. From the Beckett perspective, in the financial transaction of you submitting your 30 cards for a graded card review, they don't get anything extra out of that. If they're strict or lenient, it is what it is. There's no upcharges, which is not the case for every one of the graders. And so I think they give you a fair shake. I'm wondering even, Rick, if they wouldn't even be pulling for you, not in a personal way. But it's good for the hobby. I agree. It's good for Beckett. Isn't anytime in the long were, run.
1: Yes. People in this market, especially, where the perception is that PSA is winning. And it's different than it was 10 years ago, when maybe the perception on modern cards that Beckett was winning. And the tides have turned in terms of public perception. So if the perception can switch to where the culture exists, where people start thinking of their PSA 10s and buying and accumulating in them and looking at them like, that's not the end-all be-all, that a Beckett 10 is worth more. And if I can get this into a Beckett 10 and cross it or crack it out and try and cross it. And that's the ultimate, meaning like the ultimate is now a Beckett 10. And th- then that's you. Then that is fantastic for Beckett. And that gets people thinking Beckett first and foremost,
0: not, oh, by the way. That, that's down the road. I completely agree with you. And that's why if I were your agent representing you in this opportunity, I would point that out. Again, it's not going to affect the financial transaction in any meaningful way in you negotiating to allow them to consider the graded card review for if they would qualify for tens and then re-slabbing them. That's going to be a fee that's a fee. There's no upcharge if you get two tens or zero tens. It's the same. Okay. Yeah. But what we have done when I was in charge is there were deals. It's one of the reasons we started BCG, because not just the leniency and people wanting tens and a relaxed grading scale, but also the factor that if you're grading the same card over and over again, it doesn't cost as much. You can act, you're looking at the same card thirty times, and so my thought to you is, if you went to them, whether it was before the national or at the national, yes, there's some publicity value. And it's way easier for them to rate or grade 30 already known PSA 10s in the slab that is the same card. They know what the known common – Yeah, they can just compare them all 30, and within five minutes, they're like, these are the best three. No, they're not They no. don't do it that. They're going to do it that way. No, okay. they're going to basically rate each of the 30. They're not going to rank them. They're just going to give each one of them the sub no, If you go and you say, okay, these are the best three,
1: then you look at the best three and you say, okay, do any of these – how do these compare to the images we have on the 7 that we gave over 10 years ago? You know, Or do we see any imperfections on these cards
0: yeah. that are going to knock it out from being a BGS 10-level card? Rick, mm-hmm. I think it's the latter. I don't think they should be comparing to what's out there. They haven't
1: given one in 10 years. That's a long I, time.
0: I hear you, but I haven't been there in 10 years. Again, a card ought to be graded on its own merits.
1: I agree so, with that, but we but we both know that's not how it's done. <laughs> uh, uh, PSA is not functioning like that at all. PSA hasn't given out any Jordan 10s in the last year and a half.
0: Well, again, Rick, I can't speak to that. I can't even speak to the recent days of BGS. But where we made our mark is by being accurate graders that gave additional information that the other graders weren't doing in terms of the subgrades. And so How involved are you now? I'd like to be more involved. And I may be a little more involved because we have a new CEO who's a friend of mine. And is okay. very in tune with the hobby. But you sold that to a hedge fund. Is that correct? It was a roll-up. It was a roll-up out of New York City. Got, got it. A okay. Publishing group, and then they resold to somebody else. Got it.
1: The number one thing that I think that if Beckett wanted to make any change or improvement, what they should
0: do. You ready? Uh, I've got the recorder on, and you I'm happy to put oh, you fine. the the audio or video for your use because, but. I thought this was a practice one, and then we'd do it. But th- this is fine, too. Oh, there's no practice.
1: There's okay, no fine. Work. I think they should do away with BVG completely. And I think that S-topic, everything should do. That's topic two. I think everybody should be in one uniform holder with the company, same as PSA does it. And I think that we could take like the Bird Magic rookie as an example. In a Beckett holder, there's almost no interest. And if it was in a BGS holder, the card would be on fire.
0: and I think you should have one definitive brand. Let's put it this way they should listen to you and they'll hear this. And one of the reasons they should listen to you is that you've built an amazing business by reducing friction, reducing confusion, and keeping it simple. You send me your cards, I'm going to put them up on consignment on the largest marketplace in the world. I'm going to take a small fee and they're going to do better than they could do on their own. You made your business simple. And I was there at the beginning of BVG, and I know what the the motivation was there. And I would agree to the extent, because again, I'm not in charge, it will become known pretty soon what I think about BVG, (laughs) because I am having conversations with them about what you're saying. Maybe not exactly that, but they have an opportunity to either refresh or rethink a brand that has not lived up to its full potential, and you believe it's irreparably broken.
1: Yeah. It's just nobody thinks about grading a vintage card in Beckett. And that makes no sense because you have a LeBron Exquisite and everything's about getting a BGS 9.5 on a LeBron Exquisite. That's the card. I'm not
0: disagreeing with what you're saying, but you're not in charge except for your business. I was in charge of my business, but... I'm not in charge anymore, but I yeah, am. No, no, I, I agree with you in large part. Your other video that you had was about either extra lenient or overlooking flaws type BVG situations that I think you believe are not isolated, that BVG is not credible in terms of the numerical grades they're coming up with based on the samples that you showed on your Instagram. Short, I'm not sure which video that is. This was a week play. ago where you put out six, seven, eight BVG cards that you said this would be a lot I more remember than the video on, now. on PSA, and, and then you pointed out the flaws. Okay, not a rebuttal, but when BVG was started, the problem was how to evaluate old cards according to modern technology and, and things that didn't exist at the time. And we perhaps incorrectly perceived that PSA was being lenient themselves with a looser grading for older cards. And so we thought that for us to be a little more lenient on the older cards what the hobby accepted and what the standard was. I think that was wrong, but it was exacerbated by the fact that pretty soon after I was not in charge, or in there somewhere, they started dropping the subgrades. And a lot of what you're pointing out would be so obvious based on the subgrades, because you're looking at the card and you're looking at the primary flaw, which again is probably the biggest determinant of the grade, the primary, most noticeable, most serious flaw. So without doing subgrades there, I just want to say, I don't believe the BVG graders, which are really the Beckett graders, did not see those flaws. And if they would have identified with the subgrades, you would have seen on the one that had a big surface problem that they would have crushed surface, but they wouldn't have crushed it as much as they would have with a modern card.
1: You started publishing your Beckett, the big thick orange one. That was a late 70s, early 80s? 79. 79. 79. Okay, fine. So I owned all of those. And that was the Bible. That was everything in the industry. Back then, I started doing card shows in 1981, shortly after that. At the time, nobody cared about the centering on a T206 card. And similarly, all the way through 33 Gaudis, nobody cared if the roof was all centered, which most of them are. It became really like a 90s thing where people started to care about the centering on a vintage card. So part of the culture in grading vintage cards is that it wasn't as important to have a Ty Cobb centered as it was a Mickey Mantle. And for sure as an Eddie Murray rookie or whatever you're dealing with that was modern. So the industry was much more discriminating and picky when it came to modern cards versus vintage cards. And then that slowly started to change. But if you look at the early PSA grading, and I have two T206s 6s that are PSA 9s, they're not dead centered. And you would expect that on a card to have a lofty grade like that. They're razor sharp and you could take it to a barbecue and pick out corn from your teeth, but they're not well-centered.
0: That's partly what we were saying back in 1998 or 99 when we're contemplating these things. Is that How can we, trying to be this intellectually honest brand that calls it like it actually is, not like we want it to be, that we would be gr- judging the centering by current standards? And that would grade. great. And frankly, at that time, PSA was the standard. And yet, we were going to lay it out there with our subgrades. We wanted to have something that was trainable with our employees. So, we made a separate brand that with VG, you're going to evaluate based on these other standards that Mint or Gem Mint or Near Mint or X Mint, those things were perhaps a little bit more lenient based on the technology of the times. Within PSA, it's
1: known what the holder is and what the serial number is. And they trade differently. Anything without the PSA, there is an old label now and people buy and purchase them differently than they no, do
0: not people, the new holders. The, the, the smart people, the smart people, sure. because they say buy the card, not the holder. Actually, you can buy the holder if you scrutinize <laughs> the serial number and the age of the holder. So it's not just buy the card or the holder. It's by which holder you're going to buy within yeah. even the same company, even the early days of BVG. Were stricter. There's been an ebb and flow based on the times we're living in. I've seen Jordan rookies
1: recently graded as nines that are nicer than some of the Jordan rookies that are tens that were
0: graded 20 years ago. But there is a subset of the hobby. It's a smaller subset that are buying up strong nines or selling off the weak nines because the nominal grade, the technical grade of the card does not fully describe its value. There's too much variation in there in the expensive cars. We haven't even talked about the registry, which is another reason why I think PVG has had difficulty breaking into the vintage market. It's all right there with Ryan Stosinski in the gem rate of the pop reports. You just compare pop reports.